What's up, everybody? This is Healing Intentions, and I'm your host, Adrian Mimetti. This podcast is about natural health and wellness, mental health, cannabis, psychedelics, philosophy, and spirituality. Today, my guest is Dr. Crescencia Felty. Dr. Felty is a self-healer, holistic naturopathic doctor, Reiki master, and future psychedelic therapist. She educates and empowers people to feel better naturally. She helps people of all ages with various health goals and illnesses. However, she is passionate about digestive health and mental health. Learn more about Dr. Felty at drfelty.com, and her email is info at drfelty.com. Let's get started. All right, we're live. All right, sounds good. Awesome. So glad that you can make it here today. This has yeah. uh, been a long time coming. I know we have a lot of great, you know, conversations, uh, you know, since we've known each other from school. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad you could be here. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. So um, why don't you start off by kind of telling, you know, everybody what led you to naturopathic medicine? Kind of what's your path? What's your journey? Yeah, of course. So uh, I'm Crescencia Felty and I got into naturopathic medicine actually by accident. So I needed to heal myself. And through my healing journey, I learned about nutrition and exercise and mindset and all these different modalities that I really didn't learn when I was growing up. Mm. Acupuncture, chiropractic mm -hmm. medicine, mm -hmm. uh, massage therapy. And as I started healing and learning, I found chiropractic and I loved it. So I started to go to national um, for chiropractic medicine. Oh. And while I was studying there, uh, my study group said, you know, you sound like a naturopathic doctor because you're so into food and nutrition and really um, the internal medicine uh, part of healing mm -hmm. rather than just the physical mm -hmm. side of medicine. And I didn't even know what naturopathic medicine was. Right. So I started to look into it and I loved the philosophical approach um, when it comes to health and disease and healing. And yeah, I just decided to switch and I never looked back and I'm so grateful. I love chiropractic and my you know, colleagues who are chiropractors are wonderful practitioners. But for me and my purpose here, I was meant to become a naturopathic doctor. So that's awesome. And so how long have you been practicing now? Tell me about your you know, yeah, practice and yeah. all of that. Okay. So it's, it's been two years. I can't believe it's been two wow, years. That it's is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been building my private practice. Uh, I'm downtown Chicago and I have an office in Lincoln Park mm -hmm. and it's an integrative office. We have a lot of different practitioners there. And I also work now at another office um, two days a week. Uh, and it's just a really nice mix where I can be my own boss, but also be an employee. And I can see two different offices. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, building your own private practice, it's difficult. You really are on a upward hill probably for about a year, year and a half. It's stressful, yep. but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it's just it's it feels good when patients are you know talking to you and they're like i feel amazing and it's been a month you know or less than a month mm. it just really is rewarding um and all the hard work does pay off yeah 
Awesome. Yeah, I heard one time uh, a quote that entrepreneurship is like jumping off of a cliff and assembling the plane on the way down. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I literally, I, I took a, a month off of school once I graduated. I went to Montana. I hung out a bit and then I came back and started right away. I had no idea what I was doing uh-huh. <laughs> at all. Uh, and I didn't really have, you know, business education or marketing education. Um, I really just knew how to be a doctor and really connect with people and teach them how to heal themselves, mm-hmm. um, which is really what I love. But when you start a private practice, you have to learn operations and marketing and all the, these other things that you're really not taught in medical right, school. Right, right. Finances, accounting, all those things. That exactly. It's all on you. Yes, exactly. So it definitely is, uh, you know, it's a learning process. And one of the things that I always, I I would say I always do this is I just do it, even though I might not know exactly what the heck I'm doing, I know and trust that the universe and God is going to support me because I believe in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I know that what I'm doing is from a place of highest good. And it stinks, (laughs) you know, when you know, you are struggling or you want to give up or times are tough and financially you're like, what am I doing and how can I get to this place? Mm -hmm. But I really think that with all things in my life, when you have that vision, the why Mm -hmm. will, when you have that why, the how will come to you. Right. Yep. No, totally. Yeah. I've, I've, I've learned the, how not to do a lot of things in my life, you know, the wrong way, but you learn in those failures. You, that's some of your biggest learning lessons, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm a master failure. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. And I teach people not to be afraid of that. Right. You know, because it's in failing that you grow and you learn. It's in feedback. And mm-hmm. that's something else I've learned in practice is like, I want feedback, even that negative feedback, you know, because feedback is a gift. It really is. Yeah. I had an old boss say, say that to me, Jeff Alicia, shout out Jeff, if you're watching <laughs> uh, or listening. But he, you know, he always said that if you go to a restaurant and you have bad service, you know, we've both been in the restaurant industry in our lives mm-hmm. and you get bad service and you don't tell that server that you're, you're not helping them. You're just kind of reinforcing like, oh, here's your tip. Okay, now I'm going to leave. And you have no idea that you didn't do good. But if you give them feedback, yeah. hey, maybe you could improve on this a little bit. Yeah. That's a gift. It really is constructive feedback, you know, in a nice, yeah, you know, you know, positive way. But right, right. Cool. What um, can you just tell me? Maybe a couple of cases that come to mind of some patients you've had, kind of what what they were dealing with, how you helped them, you know, yeah, like their yeah, totally. But first, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. How did you get into naturopathic medicine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great question. <laughs> you know? Um, I. It's a funny story, you know it. It, cannabis is what brought me to naturopathic medicine in a short Ooh, answer. Thunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of my big passions as anybody that knows me well knows that. And I was out in uh, California in the cannabis industry. I was starting a subscription box with a friend uh, for uh, edibles. So every month the patients would get like three or four of our favorite edibles in the state of California uh, as like a surprise, you know, right to their door. And, um, while working on that, you know, going to different conferences, I saw this naturopathic doctor speak, Dr. Michelle Sexton, who's down in San Diego. And I was like, whoa, what is this naturopathic medicine thing? And I looked into it and, you know, I said, I always wanted to be a doctor. You know, I was a little older, kind of switched careers. Um, 
And so I came back to Illinois and I said, my, my goal, my mission during this whole time has been, how do I combine cannabis as a healing plant, uh, with naturopathic medicine, you know, that it really goes well together. You know, nature is medicine, the power, the healing power of nature, you know, it, it can be, uh, getting to the root cause as well for people, you know, it can definitely help with that. It can definitely not only help replace you know function but even restore it for some right. people with endocannabinoid systems you know different gi things so i think it's just the tip of the iceberg with with what's going on right now with cannabis there's so much to come so much research we're just finding out about the endocannabinoid system and how that can be modulated way beyond just cannabis you know through exercise and fasting fasting and acupuncture and all these cool things that yeah you know we're, we're really into so um cannabis is what brought me here i you know i always wanted to be a doctor but i'm glad i didn't go the conventional route because um i felt like if i'm looking back it would have turned out differently potentially you know i wouldn't have learned what i know now and more about the natural side of things and how it's not a us versus them you know whatsoever there's a time and place of course for our allopathic colleagues i'm sure you refer and have oh yeah people in your network there Mm -hmm. um you know more allopathic conventional practicing doctors but we definitely have a place for for what we have to offer in in the in the world in terms of helping people with their health that you know i think it's just the beginning i'm I'm super excited about the future for sure i i couldn't agree more and you know speaking of cannabis i mean just today i had a patient she has ulcerative colitis Mm -hmm. uh amongst many other things and you know i told her do you have your medical cannabis card and Mm -hmm. she's like no can i get that Mm -hmm. and she had no idea that with this chronic illness you can get a medical cannabis card in illinois you don't have to pay taxes you don't have to wait in line right you know and you can get it in different mediums to help support different parts of your body in a different way Uh, and she really loved that because she's you know she's been dealing with a lot of pain um, and issues for a long time and yep. cannabis can really help support people who are in pain you know definitely yeah and i mean like you're saying there's different delivery forms i know one for all sort of colitis that could make sense just that i'm just thinking of is uh uh you know rectal suppository yeah right oh, yeah. into the area local the, you know exactly. and, it, and it doesn't get you high systemically even if there is thc there locally yeah and talk about pain relief and anti-inflammatory directly to the area that needs it. I mean, yeah. Decreasing anxiety, depression, helping stabilize their mood. Oh yeah. And that's exactly what I recommended earlier to her. That's awesome. So that's a, that's a case that you're working on. What, give me some other examples of different patients you've worked with. Yeah. Gosh, I honestly have been working with all different types of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just on Monday, I had a, an 11-month-year-old boy who has eczema. Mm. Um, I've had a six-month-old baby who is dealing with digestive issues and their parents, you know, they're struggling and frustrated. Um, but I've also had people who are older um, who are dealing with chronic illnesses. Um, gosh, so many different things, osteoporosis, Mm. diabetes, thyroid issues, but not even chronic illnesses, just bloating, headaches, back pain. You know, they come and see me and they're dealing with uh, depression, Mm -hmm. headaches, Mm -hmm. uh, anxiety. So it really just depends. A lot of people, they just get frustrated with where they're going and they want to change that course. So usually that's what will you know, drive them to come see us and look for an integrative approach. 
That's awesome. That's really cool. What um what have been some of your uh like you know tips you've learned so far? Somebody that's starting out in the practice. Myself in a few months here. I graduate in August. Yeah. Sixty days exactly till graduation. How does that feel? It's it's it feels great. Um, it's exciting. It's nerve wracking. There's definitely anxiety producing. You know, a lot of big changes, especially with everything going on right now. It's kind of it's you know like I was telling you before. It's kind of hard to plan mm-hmm. um, anything right now. So it's yeah. it's interesting. It's definitely a lesson in staying in the present moment. Mm-hmm. We we just time and time again again get reminded of all we have is right now. The past right. is gone. The present, you know, the future doesn't exist. None of it's guaranteed. Right. So we have to be right here, right now. Yeah. Be here now. Yeah. Ram Dass would say. <laughs> I forgot to do the check-in in the beginning, uh, checking in with yourself that uh, Dr. Charlie Cropley, and I know Dr. Alex Orton do this, and because he, he was my intern back at school, uh-huh. about checking in with yourself. How are you doing right now? Three words. Hmm. Three words. Uh, calm. Hmm. Mm. content and excited nice how about you uh excited also um a little i don't know overwhelmed you could say studying for boards trying to finish up clinic online you know trying to figure out my life all that um what's another one grateful Mm. yeah definitely i love that and it's so important for us to be grateful right now for just even the little bit that we all have Mm -hmm. and you know it's gratitude reduces inflammation Mm -hmm. right it really does that's plenty of studies showing that right psycho neuroimmunology where literally our thoughts are affecting our immune system our everything in our body exactly Exactly. And that's really where I'm specializing in now is really focusing on the gut brain connection and the digestive health and mental health mm-hmm. and how they're so intimately connected. Yep. And if you want your body to heal, you have to heal your mind. Mm-hmm. It's as Dr. Liu would say, inextricably linked mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always connected. Have you ever come across anybody that you've worked with that it's not? the case (laughs) (laughs) not at all i mean it's it's teaching people how to master their mind and quiet not quiet their mind just um master it really Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. so that way their body will follow Mm -hmm. um and i think when we understand who we are and understand that we're spirit then things really can align Mm -hmm. and i think it's forgetting that we're spirit and thinking that we're our body Right. That confusion really causes anxiety. Mm-hmm. It really causes disease because you're disconnecting from who you truly are. <laughs> wow. That opened up a whole lot of <laughs> thoughts in my mind there. Uh, so <laughs> what are some of your favorite ways to connect with yourself and with your body and, you know, mastering your mind? What, what have you found to yeah. work for yourself and with patients? Yeah. Um, Psychedelic medicine, mm. meditation, exercise, orgasms, mm. real food. Uh, yeah, I would say those are those are the the best ways. Um, A little bit of everything, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and prayer. 
mm-hmm. prayer, but I think prayer and meditation for me are kind of one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and nature. Mm. Nature, I would say nature is number one, but that's psychedelic medicine. Right. So. Right. Yeah, psychedelic medicine, that's a whole big topic uh, that we have a lot in common. And uh, so tell me about that and your experience. I know you're doing the uh, California Institute of Integral Studies psychedelic certificate right now Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. Uh, Tell me about all of that. How's that been? Yeah. So the program itself, the curriculum is fantastic. I'm learning about the efficacy of psychedelics and what they have been doing for the past 50 to 60 years, all the different clinical trials, Mm -hmm. how they are helping depression, anxiety, pain, cancer, end of life. Um, I mean, we're learning about psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, ketamine, Hmm. um, and we're just opening up our mind to Mm -hmm. how they can really help resolve mental health issues, resolve trauma, uh, and really help people find hope and find unity with their spirit. And it's really cool to have a bunch of researchers who are not spiritual. They right. are not saying that they're not, mm-hmm. but they are very, very logical, analytical, research-based people. Mm-hmm. And yet all of these trials are showing numerous people finding unity and exploring their consciousness and having this beautiful transcendental experience that transforms their lives, their perspective on the world, their perspective on who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And even a lot of these researchers who are all in their 60s and 70s, you know, they talk about how psychedelics can be this tool to not only heal yourself and love yourself, but really transcend who you think you are, mm. you know, and really connect to spirit. Yep. Um, so it's, it's been a really cool program. It's been a little um, not, I guess, as everyone else has been um, like in previous years, because with everything going on with COVID, right. you know, we've been doing a lot of the conferences uh, virtually, but I did go the first weekend in March and it was phenomenal. Um, I got a chance to meet some really, really great people all different kinds of people. You know, I am one of two naturopathic doctors in the program this year. The rest of the people are uh, researchers, uh, psychotherapists, psychiatrists, um, MDs. And so it's just really cool to meet people from Mm -hmm. all over the world who all are attracted to this type of medicine and healing. And I really think it's the future of psychiatry. I mean, right now, um, just in this past weekend, we were talking about MDMA and how they are now uh, putting psychedelic rotations in psychiatry. Um, So that's that's the future. That's a Um, big deal. It it is a big deal. That's awesome. You know, it's I'm learning more than ever with this program how important set and setting is. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never understood the power of that um, like I know now. And, and when I say set and setting, you know. Yeah, do a quick breakdown of that. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so set and setting means when you ingest a psychedelic medicine, where you are, what your intention is, who mm-hmm. you're with. Mm-hmm. 
all matters and literally will help the brain heal itself and regrow um, exponentially versus in a recreational setting where your intention is not to heal. Right. Um, And it's not really recommended. Uh, Now, don't get me wrong. Lots of people do that. Mm -hmm. But now that I know what I know and I'm going to become a psychedelic therapist and help people at end of life with this type of healing, I know the power in set and setting Mm -hmm. and you know, right now I've learned that with these medicines, you're supposed to do it with eye shades. So that way you're not looking out, but you're looking in Mm -hmm. and you really dissolve the ego when you close your eyes and the ego stays activated when the eyes are open. Mm. So it's so important for us to close our eyes, go within, Mm. um, sometimes listen to music Mm -hmm. because different types of instrumental pieces can evoke different emotions. And when you're under the influence of these medicines, d- these different emotions um, are like months of therapy yeah. that you are processing. So each song can be a month of therapy. Uh, you know, they, it, it's, it, it can be powerful. Um, and in five to six hours of this type of healing, I mean, research has shown six months of no depression or anxiety after one um, experience on psilocybin. Yeah. you know, and MDMA. So it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Lasting effects. Yes. It's and not a daily pill or a daily, no, you know, no, that's... you do it, um, usually with a guide and, uh, it's about five to eight hours mm-hmm. and that those effects will last for six months up to a year. And for some people it's lifelong, um, the powerful and beautiful effects that it has. I mean, you ask some of these researchers who've done it and they'll say it's been, the most transformational experience they've ever had because they look at their life and their childhood and the people in their world Mm -hmm. just differently Mm -hmm. and and not in a a bad way. It's just, you know, when you're looking, when I'm looking at this table, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it from this perspective, but where you're sitting, you're looking at the same table with a different perspective. Right. And if more of us had the ability to see things with different perspectives, I think we can really reduce violence, mental health issues, uh, have a more peaceful world. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's some kind of, because sometimes it can be hard to get that other perspective for people. You know, it, it, sometimes it happens in like a near death experience and people get out of their body and they see things from a different view and they're like, oh, right. I've right. been a terrible mother or whatever example, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I right. should change my life now before I die. You right. know, everybody says you take a psychedelic, it's called death. But we have the option to take a, you know, a, a psychedelic before we die and then apply those lessons while we're living. Right, You know, right. And that's a interesting way to look at it because it can be kind of a death type of a feeling. That's why it's used in end-of-life care to get people to be more comfortable and accepting of this death process. Yeah. You know, well, because it's... Exactly. And, and, and when you say death, uh, you know, for me, in, in like my perspective, what's really dying is the ego. Right. You know, and it, it doesn't necessarily completely die. Mm-hmm. But when you um, dissolve it for about five or six hours, right. you know, it allows your spirit to really be present. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're so disconnected from. Totally. So the more you can connect to that, the more you understand what you've been through. I mean, I I can say for myself, you know, the multiple times that I've done um, psychedelics, Mm -hmm. each time I think, okay, 
I've, I've learned a lot. I'm good. You know, like I, I, I got it. Right. And each time it will teach me something different. Mm-hmm. And each time I will see, oh, like look at myself at five years old. And then I'm looking at my parents and seeing the way they see me at five years old. Right. And Through their I'm, eyes. Exactly. Yep. And then I'm seeing them at five years old and what they're struggling with rather than looking at it just from my point of view where mm-hmm. there may be blame, mm-hmm. there may be resentment. Yep. Then you look at them and go, oh, look at what they were going through. Man, mm. yep. they're so strong. When you see things that way, yep. it, it resolves trauma. Wow, that's beautiful. I mean, it's so true. And it, it's, it's, there's many ways to do it. You know, it's a very powerful tool. It's not to say that everybody needs to take psychedelics. Like, absolutely not. If you're called to it and you think that there's something in it for you, definitely check it out yeah <laughs> but yeah. it's not for everybody and right. some people have different paths whether it's through prayer or meditation yeah. or through breath work or right. you know fasting different different kind of yes. paths to the same yes end point. And, and and that end point is altering your state of consciousness because when you alter it that's when you get those different perspectives uh, and that's when you can be more heart-centered and open-minded and that's what we need, right? We, we want to not be narrow-minded when we're right. looking at ourselves or other people. Um, yeah, it, it, it really has some beautiful effects. But like you said, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I have a mentor in the program, um, and she's a beautiful soul. And she's not really into um, psychedelics to alter your consciousness. She's more into breathwork and mm. holotropic breathwork. Uh-huh. Um, and she does holotropic breathwork courses and retreats and weekends and conferences. So she's all about that and mm-hmm. how you can get a psychedelic experience from changing your pace and speed of how you breathe. Right. Which is really cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It I uh oh, we went to that together, the uh psychedelics in the future of psychiatry, you mm-hmm. know, meetup group with Dr. Matt Brown in the city. Mm-hmm. And uh at one of their meetings they talked about Wim Hof breathing and that's you know yeah. increasing hyper oxygenating yourself like that's changing your brain and blood chemistry oh for the positive yes definitely and i i actually uh i became a wim hof coach oh um over this whole thing oh there you go you know didn't even know that yeah yeah because <laughs> awesome. I, I just again like you said the power of the breath yeah and so i've been teaching everyone how to breathe you know to take cold showers yeah to really help them um increase oxygen into their body because like you said, when we are in a fight or flight state and we're constantly in the survival mode or we're go, 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 yep. you're not really breathing as deeply as you can. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people also don't meditate, so they're not taking time to even notice their breathing and right. realize how shallow it is. Yep. And their, their muscles, their cells, they become starved of that oxygen something I just thought of along with breathing is belly breathing, you know, something mm-hmm. that I, I'm conscious of all the time. And I realize I, I breathe with my chest and you need to, your, your belly really should move out as you inhale because your diaphragm is pushing down and you're getting that full yeah. oxygenation, you know, perfusion is the highest at the lower part of your lungs there. Right. And so you really need to take that deep breath in the belly out. But boy, is that what you know hard it can be and what yeah. most people aren't used to right cultures teaches you to suck in your stomach you know and it's like 
wow, what a difference that makes. I, you know, shout out to our chiropractic colleagues, yes, D- DNS. Uh, they're all about that. Yes. I was just going to say, uh, I remember when we were at the clinic, I had really bad neck pain mm. and I saw Dr. Andy Park, shout out to him. Um, and he's an amazing chiropractor and he's all into DNS as well. Mm. And he goes, Hey, is it okay if I just put my hands on your abdomen? And I said, sure, why not? And he does that. And he goes, you know, you're not breathing into your belly. I want you to do this for five minutes mm-hmm. for an hour, every hour. Mm. And within 24 hours, my neck pain went away. <laughs> and he said that it was because I was using my um, accessory muscles to breathe all here uh-huh. and kind of pulling at them mm-hmm. and not breathing correctly in my stomach. And yep. just by doing that, all of this relaxed beautiful Mm -hmm. simple i mean one of my favorite steve job quotes jobs quotes uh simplicity is the ultimate sophistication and it really is i mean we see that time and time again with with naturopathic medicine right yeah i mean water fasting what could be more simple than that right don't eat any food right (laughs) drink a lot of water and a little bit of electrolytes yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know and to be honest that's something that i have been um struggling with Mm. in the past two years because you know when you're out in practice people want a quick fix right and people don't want to do a lot of work Mm. and so when you tell them to not eat for 24 hours or a couple days right you know they're like what i can't do that i (laughs) must eat and it's this um they're almost angry that you're telling them that they need to change something hmm. and it's in changing what we're doing that's going to get you results right. you know obviously what you've been doing isn't working mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. i mean isn't it Eckhart Tolle that says that we all are insane and we need to become aware of our insanity otherwise we will continue doing the same thing over and over again Wow, that's true. And it reminds me of, I was just watching the movie Savages recently. I don't know if you've seen it with mm. Blake Lively and uh, these, it's a crazy movie, Oliver Stone. So just check it out. Uh, but in there, they say in the very beginning that uh, drugs are a rational response to an irrational world. And it's like mm. this insanity that we live in sometimes. It's like, you think that taking some plant medicines is crazy. Look at what's going on. That's some crazy stuff, like just in our reality right now. Right. So, right. and I, I think personally, it's a, a cause and effect of trauma. Yeah. You know, and, and psychedelic medicine can really heal that trauma. Yeah. And there's other modalities you're into with healing traumas, right? Uh, the somatic experiencing as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Talk about that a little bit because I'm a little new to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, when you um, asked earlier about connecting with myself, mm-hmm. somatic experiencing is definitely a, a tool that I use a lot and mm-hmm. in practice. And somatic experiencing is the ability to experience your body. And a lot of times when we're in our mind and in our thoughts and we're stressed, we're not actually feeling our feet, the ground, you know, how your hands feel and how your stomach feels. Mm -hmm. You're not really present and in your body. Right. And so the more, and a lot of times we're not present because trauma, you know, people don't feel safe in their body. Something, you know, something could have happened to their body that wasn't um, okay. 
Mm. And so they escape and they go into the mind. Mm -hmm. And so teaching them how to be safe in their body uh, is really important in helping reduce anxiety, reduce depression. Uh, it helps calm you and it helps ground you. So some techniques that I do uh, with people is I, I'll tell them, you know, grab a pen and notice how it feels. Like when you're really stressed, grab a pen and just do this little exercise. Mm. Notice, you know, like even the thing in your hand. Mm -hmm. you the know, vape pen. Exactly. <laughs> notice how that feels. Mm -hmm. You know, notice the material of it. You know, look at the color of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, feel the sides. You know, is it smooth? Mm-hmm. So in this moment, you can't stress. You're right. focusing on that. Right. You're being somatic. Yep. I love it. And that goes hand in hand with psychedelic therapy as well, or it can, right? Mm -hmm. Those two combined. Yeah. And, and just therapy in general. Right. Um, just even when you're talking to someone, a lot of times, like I had a woman today, she was explaining that her best friend had passed away. Mm. And I could tell she was really getting emotional, uh, of course. And... I just told her to take a moment. I said, you know, I recognize that emotions are coming up. How does that feel? And she's like, you know, it feels, it feels sad and, and kind of overwhelming. And I said, where? Mm. And she, you know, and I tried to guide her where it feels in her body. And she's like, you know, it kind of feels in my heart, in my chest. Mm -hmm. And I said, is there a place in your body that doesn't feel overwhelmed? And she's like, oh, my feet. I said, okay, feel, feel your feet for a minute. And what this is, this is called pendulating, mm. where you're going to and from a place that's activated to a place that's not as activated. Mm. And then I said, you know, feel your feet on the ground, feel that support from the earth, you know, notice, wiggle your toes. Now go back to your chest. How does it feel? And she's like, I don't feel as overwhelmed. And it's that practice mm. of pendulating or noticing what's happening in the body that can really help people, um, but they don't know how to do that. We're not taught right. how to process emotions in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what somatic experiencing is all about. It's about following the body and what the body's story is, not just what your mind's story is. Because mm -hmm. the emotions and the traumas get stored in the body and they get trapped. Exactly. And yeah. this is a way of releasing them mm -hmm. and, and describing them and you know working through it. You know, Sometimes I'll ask someone, you know, they'll say, I, I feel anxious. And I'm, I'll say, okay, does that anxiety have a shape or a color? Mm. And they'll, you know, they'll think about it kind of like, oh, I didn't, I've never thought about that before. But yeah, it kind of looks red and mm. it looks like a block. I said, oh, is the block heavy? Mm. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Does that feel good? No, it feels like it's weighing me down. Right. Okay. So then we'll pendulate and we'll go to another area, you know, and I'll say, how does that feel once mm. we go back? The block's smaller. <laughs> oh, interesting. I like that. I you like know, that. Yeah. it's it's just, it's a way of really helping people be more grounded. For sure. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, that, you know, that kind of reminds me of, you know, grounding, get being grounded are you a fan? Do you think that with well, along with that, with nature, actually grounding, like putting your feet on the earth, like talk, talk about that for me a little, because <laughs> I know you're big on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am really big on that. <laughs> it's it's so crazy. Um, but the research, the research backs it up. 
And I like to follow the research. Mm-hmm. And the evidence points to when you are barefoot on the ground, it reduces inflammation, it improves sleep, it releases energy that is accumulated in the body. Uh, it actually accelerates healing of wounds and it, it has physiological effects mm-hmm. on your chemistry by just being connected to the earth. And the fact that most of us live on cement sidewalks and cement streets and aren't connecting to the earth or we're wearing shoes, mm. we're having all of these layers that block us from that connection to the earth. Mm-hmm. And that block also blocks our energy and it decreases our energy and it makes us weaker as um, a species mm-hmm. when we're not connected to the earth. And I, it's, it's so crazy. My sister, you know, I talked to her about all these things and she's like, you're just teaching people how to be human again, uh-huh. aren't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I am. But we forget, you know, we go into these civilized cities and we don't connect to nature the way we used to and it's causing disease. So I'm a big fan of grounding and earthing. I recommend doing it 20 minutes a day if you can. And now that I'm in the city, you know, I go out to Lincoln Park Mm -hmm. and I walk barefoot every day um, after my workout. I love it. You know, because I need to. Um, It's so important. And for people who have anxiety or depression um, or are sensitive to energy um, who are in the city, they need it even more. so I, I really think it can be beneficial for people. And a lot of people who are afraid of putting their feet on the grass, those are the people who need it the most. Mm. I mean, not to even mention the microbiome effects and yes. like that actually like playing around in the dirt, like that's actually a real thing that the science once again backs up. Yes, Once absolutely. we've learned that we're mostly bacteria and micro, you know, other organisms more than you know 10 times more than human cells yes it's like oh yeah actually we need to be touching things and being around and pets in our home kind of helps increase that diversity and it's fascinating (laughs) it is and all of this increases your immune system and your ability to fight infections and viruses and it's that that disconnect from your gut from the earth that is what decreases your ability to fight viruses and you know that goes along along the lines of what we were talking about earlier germ theory versus terrain right you know if you have a terrain that doesn't have a nice diverse amount of bacteria in your stomach or in the body Mm -hmm. you are not going to be able to fight off um, viruses or other microbes that come in contact with it yep you're not going to be able to digest and get the same amount of nutrients as other people. You're not right. going to be able to, you know, even if you put in the good foods, your bacteria can't break it down the same. Right. And so you don't, you can have nutrient deficiencies. You could have, you know, just a weekend overall, just vitality, you know. Right. And, and so. nutrient deficiencies, uh, you know, one thing I, I've learned too is when you say that to someone, they're like, so. Right. You know, like, what does that mean? Right. But what it means is it can cause dementia and Alzheimer's. It can make you anxious, depressed. It can Mm -hmm. change your personality. Mm -hmm. It can make you addicted. And, you know, it can change um, your skin health. It can change your ability to fight infections again. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, your mood is completely based off of your vitamins. So if you are not getting vitamins from food, 
you are not going to feel good. Yep. And we all deserve to feel good. And another benefit of being outside in nature is sunshine, which is one of the vitamins, vitamin D. We get way more than vitamin D from the sun, but that's one of the big things. Yeah. And who's staying outside for 30 minutes with most of their body exposed in direct sunlight. You know, in our northern latitudes here, we don't even get enough sun in the winter months. So we need to, you know, supplement or eat enough foods, you know, that have it. But it's like mushrooms. Yep. There you go. Very high in vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So it's, I I noticed for myself, I felt like a different person when I lived in a climate in Southern California that had sunshine all year round versus living here where I've been born and raised in Illinois my whole life. Like that daily sunshine, I felt completely different. Yeah. And it's just, that, that's how I know I thrive. I love the water. I love the sun. And so I need to, that's, that's where I'm kind of making my move down that way. I can see that. You know, um, yeah. I, I talked about it before, but, uh, my horoscope is all water signs. I'm a Scorpio sun, cancer moon, Pisces rising. Okay. So all water. You're a fish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love fish. I, I, people call me Aquaman at school now because of the water gallon. I oh, that's funny. Yeah. Actually, um, have you talked about the water yet? No. Not at all. Tell people about the water. Yeah. Kangen water made by Enagic. It's a Japanese company. I mean, we could talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Cheers to Enagic. Yes. Cheers to water. <laughs> cheers to hydration. Yes. But it is an amazing thing. We could talk about it for a long, long time. But it's it's a basically, it's a medical device. It's a water ionizer that you connect to your tap. And it filters the water. And then it goes through seven titanium plates that are dipped in platinum and so at that time is where electrolysis happens and literally electricity is splitting the water water molecule and the acidic water goes down one tube and the alkaline water goes down the other tube that you drink so we're drinking 9.5 ph water that the alkalinity is just kind of like a side benefit it happens to be alkaline alkaline is health you know Mm -hmm. acidity is where disease happens right and so that's one thing the second thing is the hydrogen in that process it's creating h2 which is like molecular hydrogen so this is the smallest molecule you know the first uh, element on the periodic table hydrogen and so it can get in everywhere and right in through the cell right into the dna right into the nucleus like it doesn't need the aquaporins it goes right in So hydrogen is one of the most powerful antioxidants out there. Yeah. And, you know, molecular hydrogen, a lot of studies behind that. It's exploding different ways that you can do that. Um, I think you can inhale it, but then you can also drink it in water. They even have tablets you can put in your water that makes it hydrogen. Uh, Amazing. Super powerful antioxidant. And it also is uh, cell signaling, so it activates different pathways to turn on. Uh, so it's super, super, not only anti-inflammatory, it directly, uh, detoxes hydroxyl radicals, which is huge. Tell huge. everyone what hydroxyl radicals are. Hydroxyl radicals are like a, f- uh, free, uh, like an oxygen, uh, species of, uh, oxi- uh, radical. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a free range ox scavenging oxygen. You know what I'm trying to say? The yeah. I can't spit it out right now. Yes. It's a it's a it's radical. Yeah. It's unstable. Exactly. And causes disease. It's the worst out of all of those. Yes. And so what this does is it's H2 and so it 
goes on to that, which is an OH, and it literally turns it into water. Yeah. H2O. And stabilizes it. Right. It's so cool. Yeah. And it also increases your glutathione in your body, your endogenous glutathione, which is the most powerful antioxidant in your body. Yes. It does all of these different things. So that's the hydrogen. Um, And then thirdly, it's structuring the water. So it's making it into a hexagonal shape, which is the shape of a lot of things in nature. And that is able to then you know, penetrate into your body. It, it hydrates you on a literally a cellular level. You feel when you drink this water, it doesn't just sit in your stomach. It just right away goes into your cells all over your body. Even in your mouth, you can feel it. Like you swish it around and it's, it's absorbing. Yeah. It's great. It's pretty cool. I could talk about it for a while. Obviously I'm passionate <laughs> about it. I've yeah. had a machine now for 10 years. So I'm very grateful for that. My dad's had one in his restaurant and you know unbelievable just giving away the water for free to people they're just seeing all these amazing changes it's like huh yeah just from water just from increase your hydration i don't care what kind of water it is but if you'd make it the best quality water i mean talk about simple once again right and then i've been able to do my water fasts with this water super effortlessly like i know i have toxins in my body no doubt you know I, i eat sugar i do different things that are not good but I've able I've been able to do a 14 day water fast with this water. I mean, with zero detox symptoms, no headaches, no fatigue, nothing. And I and I really do believe it's because of this water. Like, yeah, two to three gallons a day of of this. Yeah, you know, magic water. Some people call it. I mean, it's it's literally a medical device mm-hmm. in Japan, in the Philippines. Um, so it's it's way beyond a water filter and. I, I think that's also just beginning the tip of the iceberg of our understanding of people yeah. think, oh, water is water. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> There's no, a lot we water don't know. Has a consciousness. Yeah. It has memory. Yes. And it, that's a theory of how homeopathy works that we don't know exactly how it works, but we see that it does. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that people don't realize that in science, they don't really have an explanation mm-hmm. of how it is, but they see that it's working. So they're still trying to figure it out. But water memory is super exciting there's something at the (laughs) i just realized this there's something big at the intersection of cannabis water and homeopathy those three together Hmm. i thought about it a lot and i think it's gonna i have some ideas stay tuned okay yeah (laughs) definitely um so tell me so going back to energy you're saying about with with uh with being grounded Tell me about Reiki in that whole world. I know I just saw you posted about that recently. Yeah. Okay. I don't know too much. I've had like one session, but okay. I don't know if it was, you yeah. know, I, I, there's different, you know, right. practitioners. So Reiki is an energy healing treatment and it is in over 65 hospitals. It's hmm. been in hospitals for a long time. Wow. Um, integrative centers for cancer. Uh, and it is the transference of healing vibrations to the person that's getting the treatment um, through hands. Mm. So uh, it's powerful in reducing pain, anxiety. It helps the body feel safe. Going back to that somatic Mm. therapy, it really helps the body relax, which a lot of us um, have issues with relaxing the body or don't even understand that our body is contracted and tight. Um, and so with Reiki, uh, it's very non-invasive and it's an hour session 
and you can do it in person or distance. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, as a Reiki healer, you are not the one giving the healing vibrations. You know, you are just a channel. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that can kind of sound woo-woo and it's difficult uh, to understand. Um, but when you understand that we are all spirit, Mm -hmm. And that spirit is our source and spirit is what supplies healing and, and fosters healing. Um, and you can become a channel for that. Um, miracles can happen. I love it. And if you want to go not as woo-woo, because I'm big into the woo-woo, as you know, but <laughs> let's say for the non-woo-woo people, mm -hmm. you want to talk about not the word spirit doesn't fly with you, but we're all energy. And mm -hmm. metaphysics proves that 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 you go down 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 you know zoom in zoom in zoom in to the proton neutron and there's actually nothing there it's all just you yeah. know space and so exactly it, <laughs> whatever it, word you want to use right. you know the universe consciousness god there's many words that kind of mean very similar things yes exactly and when someone's on the table i always let them know right away reiki is a, it's a japanese word for universal life energy mm -hmm. and uh, I tell them that in your body wherever there is um, activation or injury or there's an emotional blockage um, I'm gonna feel heat mm. just like with a cut white blood cells surround the cut to yep. heal it um, whenever there's stagnation or something going on in that area you're gonna feel inflammation which usually feels like heat right. uh, and so when you're on the table you can, the practitioner will put their hands, you know, on the body. And whenever I feel heat, I stay there until the heat dissipates. Hmm. And usually when I'm there, something might happen where the person might say, gosh, I hold all my energy there. Or, oh my gosh, I feel lighter. Or they'll say something that they didn't realize was bothering them. Hmm. You know, like you know, this has been on my mind for so long. And then it becomes like this counseling session, wow. you know, without us even trying. Mm -hmm. um, but I love that, you know, because any time someone can release energy or um, remove emotional blockages or just talk if they need to just speak, you know, I love being there to hold space for them right. and to just listen because uh, that's what they need. So Reiki is a powerful um, treatment uh, that really helps people in all different ways, uh, but they are using it in hospitals um, for pain, for cancer, for dementia and Alzheimer's, um, before and after surgery. So it, wow. it, it's great. And it's funny because I know, I know more and more people now that are getting Reiki certified because, you know, the energetic... Uh, I guess, field um, of medicine mm -hmm. is, I think that is also starting to become big. And, oh, yeah. you know, before, um, I would say two years ago, I was working with a gynecologist at her office and she had a few energy healers there. Mm. And she was really the first person who, I guess, inspired me 
to really get into energy healing. Oh, awesome. Um, because she used energy healing for the past 20 years in childbirth, wow. in surgeries, in gynecological procedures. Mm -hmm. I mean, she really believes in it so much um, and has seen it in the hospitals that she had energy healers in her practice. And now she is going around and teaching physicians at hospitals how to use energy healing before surgeries and after surgeries. Wow, mm -hmm. beautiful. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that I remember one guy talking about at our school about the like the fastest growing segment of business. One of the, some like guest speaker about business and medicine. The fastest growing segment of medicine is spirituality, mm. and in that I, I would I would put energy medicine kind of in that realm as well. I think it's yeah. it's just exploding. I mean, soon yeah. here they're going to figure out the exact mechanism for how homeopathy works, and that'll get it on the board for many more people that are skeptical. Right. I mean, it's used around the world, you know, by 500 million people, obviously. There's something to it. Right, right. You know, and, and many other forms of energy medicine that, you know, acupuncture, very widely accepted, mm -hmm. can't really explain mm -hmm. in a Western sense how it works. Mm -hmm. Well, there's energy meridians that flow through your body and you put a point here and it affects energy flow. Yeah. That sounds like woo-woo crazy stuff to some people, but right. guess what? It works. It works. It works. And it, 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 it consistently works. And right. that's what matters right. you know, for all different kinds of conditions. And with spirituality, I mean, I talk to every single person now about their spirituality mm -hmm. and what's going on there mm -hmm. and you know, how that impacts their life or doesn't. Mm -hmm. you know? And usually when I talk to people that come to see me about this, a lot of them will say, yeah, I've been, I've been falling off. Mm. I actually haven't really been spiritual and I've been wanting to be. And so then we'll explore that. And it, it's beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, when people can tap into that because you're really just tapping into yourself. Right. And, and that, like we said, mind, body, spirit, that's a huge, huge part of it. You can take care of the body and exercise, get the right supplements, mm -hmm. da, da, da. Even you go to the next step and take care of the mind, which is so important, you know, yeah. and do that. But then oftentimes the spirit is left out. Right. And that's where, you know, I heard this shaman was interviewed, you know, indigenous healer, you know, for thousands of years of lineage in South America. And he said our issue with Western society, our cause of all our issues is our disconnection from spirit. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Yeah, I resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah, I truly believe that. I really do. And I, I think I, I found that through my own psychedelic experiences, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, which yeah. is why now I want to help heal people and bring them back to spirit. Same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're, like I said, you're like a, a year or two ahead of me here. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so grateful that we're yeah. friends. Well, I'm, and I'm grateful for you too, because you're the one, remember that yeah. emailed me about the program. Yeah. Like, Hey, apply. Don't uh -huh. forget. <laughs> uh -huh. I even set a reminder to remind you. <laughs> So I'm like, it's easy needs to do this. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, yeah. you know, because it's really cool to be friends and meet like-minded people mm -hmm. um, who understand the efficacy and, and the, the power of this type of medicine and healing uh, that isn't recreational. That's, right. you know, science-based yeah. uh, and medicine-based, but also traditional-based, you know, with shamans and indigenous healers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting you bring up the topic of recreational use. And, you know, we've both had experiences like that plenty in the past. And, and that's fine. And there's, you know, 
a lot of good that can come from that as well. But I really feel like there's this blurry line between recreational and, you know, therapeutic. Haven't, haven't some of our recreational experiences been therapeutic? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to like put one or the other, but it's different when you're taking LSD and mixing it with some MDMA and going to see a festival like that might not be the most like let's get to your trauma from your childhood you know, <laughs> experience but it might be <laughs> right no it definitely isn't and and i, I also the, the music the right. music plays such a huge role yeah when you're listening to something that is like house or edm which i love don't right. get me wrong right but when you're listening to that and you're on a psychedelic you, that that music makes you feel safe because right. it's it is flatlined mm-hmm. of just joy and when you're on psychedelics, the whole point of the healing process is to evoke other emotions other than joy. Right. You want to evoke things that maybe don't feel that great. Maybe you're difficult. Exactly. Yeah. But in order to feel the best you, you kind of go, you have to go through those difficult feelings. Um, and that that's, music plays a huge role in it as well. It really does. I mean, I... I've been lucky enough to have an ayahuasca experience myself um, and with a shaman from Peru. And in that, the music was such a big part of it. I mean, the music literally did activate the medicine. And it's just like... Was it drumming? Drumming and singing and and piano and guitar and rattle things. I mean, and it was a a guy and a girl, his partner, both of them were like together. And the the male-female energy and the way that intertwines and just unbelievable you know highly 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 recommend it when you you know when it's that time in that right place set and setting yeah once again of that because that's definitely not something that's recreational you know i've talked about on another episode i've definitely smoked dmt and that can be they've used that in you know therapeutic settings but that's in a controlled you know setting with the dose and everything Mm -hmm. but that is it's tough to get therapeutic with 10 minutes you're shot way out and you can't, it's it's like a dream almost. You can't even remember what's going on really. You're just kind of like, whoop, and then all of a sudden you're back. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Ayahuasca is a lot different than that. So. Well, hold on, explain. <laughs> How is it different? It's, it's, it's got DMT, the active you know component mm-hmm. in there, but it has a whole lot more going on with the MAO inhibitor, with the other vine that they combine with the ayahuasca vine so that it allows you to ingest it because otherwise DMT needs to be smoked because it you know has to get into the bloodstream that way if you ingest it your you know mao inhibitor like your body won't allow that to happen so you have a vine that inhibits the mao so you're it's a beautiful thing and how did the shaman discover that the plants told them they're connected with nature with spirit right that's crazy talk to some people but is it you know and and truth to others yep and so you combine those and I mean, just, it's really hard to put into words. It's kind of like I, I said it before, how do you describe being in love to words with somebody that hasn't? How do you describe an orgasm to somebody that's never had one? I mean, you can't right. it's just experience it. And then, you know, right. we'll talk after, Right. <laughs> you know, it's so true. I mean, I was listening yesterday in my conference, uh, there was a veteran, a veteran who was doing MDMA mm-hmm. and he was in about, uh, his first 
uh, eight hour session, six hours in, mm -hmm. and he just talks over and over and goes, this is so beautiful. I didn't realize that I was imprisoning myself. And I just went over to the cage and saw myself and realized I could open the door. And then I let myself out and all the rage that I was holding in and all this stuff. I mean, it, he's like, but I just can't describe the feeling I'm feeling. It's right. just, it's so good. Mm -hmm. I feel so safe. And he's like, all my rage just, it's dissolving. But the words, words don't do this justice. And yeah. he's just like saying it over and over again. It's so true. That's spot on. And MDMA, this book right here, uh, Pecal, Phenylalanine's I Have Known and Loved. It's written by the chemist Alexander Shulgin that discovered MDMA. Mm. And I haven't read, I haven't wrote, read that book yet, but I've heard it's like a amazing. I mean, look at it, it's like a textbook, mm -hmm. and it's all about him and his wife that discovered it and then used it, started using it in therapy and realized this is literally like a molecule made for therapy. Right. It's just so like it allows you to, um, you know, inhibit your emotional like the amygdala and then it increases the frontal cortex so you can have like an increased sense of empathy mm -hmm. and and like talk about the traumas and not be overwhelmed by the emotions of them exactly that's exactly and, and the past two days that's what i've been watching with these veterans is they've been reliving their war experiences yeah and they've been talking about you know climbing out of the humvees and being blown up yep. but in a calm way yeah in a way that doesn't overwhelm them mm -hmm. if anything they're like i saw myself this way and now i see myself this way and i understand you know all of it and, I, and i'm okay with letting it go yeah yeah i mean right there that's how they're able to get these these you know uh success rates of 50 60 percent what cure rates of treatment resistant ptsd after oh, a few yeah. sessions it's almost 70 percent set cure like mm -hmm. nope you don't have ptsd anymore <laughs> When yeah. no other treatment could go, come anywhere near that. That's why MDMA is about to be, you know, hopefully here by 2021 or so uh, available for prescription as a, as, a, as a drug for people for PTSD. And, and that's just the beginning. That's just the way that they're getting the initial approval. And there's so many more studies they're doing. Right. You know, on it. Right. It's, it's so cool. Um, social, uh, social anxiety for autism mm -hmm. is another study they're doing with MDMA. Yeah. Fascinating. Talk oh, yeah. about a population that's ever expanding, unfortunately, mm -hmm. people with autism that really could use that. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's exciting. I, I really agree with you and kind of saw that whole light bulb of like, this is the future of health, of mental health care. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how that's going to happen or whatever, but I want to be a part of it. Right. This is all new to me, too. I mean, I'm 33. I just, for the first time in my life, had a psychedelic experience at 30. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty brand new with this world. I mean, I'm right there with you, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I've had like one when I was younger, recreational. Mm -hmm. uh, but now with all this healing that I've been doing in this type of way, mm -hmm. it's very, very different, very new. Um, but I'm all in, <laughs> you know, and I want to teach people how they can do it too. Yeah. Because it, it really, it gives you inner peace. Yep. And 
you know, just like with cannabis, I'm huge on that's, you know, why I'm smoking here on the show live, because I, I want to end the stigma of that. This is some terrible drug. And, you know, a lot of people might be listening to this and, and judge it and think, oh, can't take this guy seriously. He's smoking cannabis. It's like, well, maybe you want a second guess that, you know, Yeah, cannabis is essential right now. Yeah. Cannabis is essential. It's Mm -hmm. really helping people who are struggling Mm -hmm. through this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And the research is outstanding for cannabis and how it can help you. And everyone's everyone's different, you know, as well. Um, Some people aren't doing the right strains for their body. You know, people get paranoid. People get anxious. Well, are you doing just THC? Right. Are you doing, um, you know, uh, sativa or indica? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing? Do you even know where you're getting it from? Right. You know, so of course you're not going to feel well if you're not getting a medicinal strain for you and what you need. Yep. And I think it's just education. And same with psychedelics and, mm-hmm. you know, mental health. Right. I think it's just ending the stigma exactly. um, that you shouldn't go to a therapist. You shouldn't, you know, be doing these plants or these medicines because they've been criminalized. You know, it's really unlearning a lot. Right. Something just popped into my head about you shouldn't be doing therapy. I feel like it's a topic that you could add some color to maybe the idea of toxic masculinity. What do you think about that? Have you seen that with people you've worked with just in your own life? Because I've seen, you know, Mm. it's interesting because I just, I've seen so much of it and it's just this overly dominant masculine, just energy of the world that, you know, yang, yang dominant that we got to be more, you know, or yin deficient. We got to be more calm and chill and go with the flow. And yeah, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I definitely have experienced a lot of that, but I definitely want to kind of add on masculine, uh, toxic mm-hmm. masculinity doesn't mean to be, doesn't need to be from a man. Right. True. I see that a lot in women. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it in both uh, sexes and, you know, it's, it's definitely something that is driven by an ego consumerist world Mm -hmm. you know we're a consumption based population um and when you constantly are feeding that consume more you know it's going to trigger your greed you know and that's why people are overweight that's Mm -hmm. why people are sick that's why corporations you know don't take as good of care as their people Mm -hmm. all the time because they're only thinking about profit and greed and the bottom line. Yeah. And I, I get it. I totally get it. But there should be balance. Um, but I've experienced it. I've experienced it personally and mm-hmm. I see it. Um, like the idea that men shouldn't show emotions. Men shouldn't cry. Men, you know, men wouldn't go to a therapist. Like, what, pff, what, yeah. what are they going to tell me? Right. You know? Right. And I think I've definitely seen that even in patients mm-hmm. where men who are over 50 Mm-hmm. You know, to even talk to them about their emotions or their stress is really foreign. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to some men, they're like, I haven't talked to my wife <laughs> about any of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't believe I'm talking to my doctor about these things because they've never shared yeah. with anyone. Yeah. And I think that that's what gets bottled up yeah. and causes disease, you right. know, and weakens your immune system. Totally. You know, the, those feelings of pent up anger or guilt or resentment or frustration you know and especially if you're in a toxic relationship where you're Mm. not communicating either 
um, with your partner. Now you can't talk to anyone. Yeah. You know, so I definitely think that uh, with men, it's important that they feel comfortable, you know, going to a therapist and and communicating mm-hmm. and, and processing emotions. Yeah. But same for women. Yeah. You know, but I sure. definitely see it in, in men as a struggle because mm-hmm. they've been taught to be strong and, right. you know, um, emotionless. Mm-hmm. You know, emotion and, shows weakness or something like that. You right. Know? Right. And, you know, uh, I get it to a certain degree, but I also don't think that we should swing the other way. Right. You know, as well. I think there needs to be just balance. Balance. Yeah. That's yin yang. You know, there's many, many different forms of that, whatever you want to go look at, but really is balance. I mean, yeah. So we're teaching people how to be human, teaching people how to be balanced. And yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I'm, I teach myself that every day. I For mean, sure. Even like earlier, you know, when we checked in, I'm calm, I'm mm-hmm. content, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. That's right now, you know, because mm-hmm. we're chatting, we're talking, I'm here. Right. But as soon as I open up my laptop and I yeah. got to get started with my work and mm-hmm. I see what I need to do, I can start feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I can start feeling, you know, a little stressed and frustrated. So it's always bringing yourself back yeah. and having that balance so that way you're not too much one way or the other. Yeah, for sure. Um, just kind of with current times with everything going on with COVID-19, has that, has, have you had experience with that? Have you seen any patients, any clients with, with COVID-19? Yeah, I have. And, uh, I've had a few that are in their thirties, but I've had most of them over 60 Mm -hmm. and they've all recovered. Mm -hmm. Um, they've all done it with natural medicine and quarantining. So yeah, I mean, it's it was definitely a struggle for them about two weeks they were exhausted Uh you know they didn't want to eat they were tired they had aches and pains um this one woman had severe headaches um another guy he had a lot of digestive issues uh and he didn't know why and then when we tested we found out that that's what he was dealing with uh but yeah i've seen it and um, luckily everyone has recovered and, and they're all feeling good now, but just kind of like the flu, um, it, it, it was difficult to get through. Uh, but we really supported their gut health and their deficiencies, uh, and really focused on nutrition, Mm -hmm. um, during this time and getting them the the proper liquids that they needed to stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. Nice. Beautiful. That's great to hear, um, from out in the field. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but at the same time, I've talked to colleagues who are in the emergency medicine room Mm -hmm. and they have had lots of deaths, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they've been seeing uh, all ages, you know, um, be affected by this. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times they say it's a metabolic issue, you know, for people who are healthy or who presume to look healthy, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like what happened? It, it, It it was fatal for them, but there was an underlying issue. Um, and it's hard to see that when they look healthy, right. they look like a strong, healthy young person. Right. Um, but you always have to understand that even though someone looks healthy, it doesn't mean that their arteries are healthy, that they're not dealing with deficiencies, that they're mm-hmm. not dealing with, um, oxygen issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you never know. Uh, and I, I really wish people also knew that when you look in the mirror and you think like I look strong, but you're not eating healthy and you're not exercising, 
you definitely are setting yourself up for, um, you know, poor gut health and a decreased ability to fight infection. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, that's, it's a, it's an interesting time, you know, going back to the, what you just said, if you look strong, but you're not, you know, that's, I kind of put it in that toxic masculinity of guys that are just focused on their look and then they're just eating terrible. They're eating just, you know, pounding oh, yeah. protein shakes it. and all this stuff that are not healthy. And it's like, okay, maybe you look good on the outside, but what's your inside look like? Right. Have you ever uh, thought about that? Exactly. And, and I've seen it. I mean, I remember in undergrad, I mean, I worked at a gym for mm. more than five years. Mm. So I've seen that literally with every uh type of bodybuilder you can mm -hmm. think of you know where they're trying to sh uh, shred mm -hmm. and cut but yet they're eating donuts you know and reese's pieces and you know monsters all day right. and not really eating any vegetables but right. you know at the same time they're dealing with acne and they don't understand why mm -hmm. you know they're dealing with insomnia and they don't understand why they're dealing with rage they don't understand why and mm -hmm. it's like well you're deficient in vitamins because mm -hmm. you're not eating real food right it really comes back to the, the basics, create the conditions for health and, you know, shout out Dr. Lou of, mm -hmm. of what it always comes back to the basics. It does. Know? And, and that it's, it's really lifestyle behavioral type of medicine that we're in is how do you get somebody to, okay, he's, anyone can say drink more water. How do you get somebody to do that? You, you know? Yeah. And you show them that what they're dealing with is costing them. Mm-hmm and what it's costing you know you they are frustrated but what is that doing to their relationships right what is that doing to their interaction with their kids what is that doing to their career you know do they have to take off because they're not feeling well you know or can they just um not get as much work done because they can't focus mm -hmm. you know are they missing out on promotions you know you have to figure out what is this costing you mm -hmm. but most people don't know that most right. people are living and thinking like i'm fine everything's fine i have this pain but it's not a big deal i'll just deal with it mm -hmm. but that pain might be causing an issue at date night or mm -hmm. maybe be causing an issue where they can't work out the way they used to i mean figuring out what is like how it's impacting them i think is important yeah, because then it's not only the, you know, people are motivated motivated by pain or pleasure, right? So it's that pain point. What is really going to get people to be like, oh, that, that's what bothers me. Yeah. And I want to change it. So it's like that's bothering you. And now the flip side is how is it going to benefit you when you do change it? You know, seeing right. yourself in your healthy, vital yeah. self. You know? Yeah. But just like um, with uh, anything, you have to have the desire to change. Right. If you don't have the desire, it's not going to happen. Nobody. It all, can it all starts you. in the mind. Yeah. You know, and if they don't see that what they're dealing with is a problem, you know, it's it, they'll see it when it's too late. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and unfortunately, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. No, you 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 know you want to focus on prevention and getting people to realize things before it's too late. Right. You know, sometimes people get second chances or whatever with different things, but yeah, why not? Why not start now? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even for myself and in practice, you know, I'm always just praying for clients and patients that want healing, mm -hmm. you know, and that are ready. 
you know, and I'm really learning to talk to people in a way, are, are you ready, you know, to make the changes and change your lifestyle? Because if you're not, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. It's that simple. Right. You know, don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. And don't know. waste your time either. Yeah, yeah exactly. Unfortunately, you know, it's true. Um, I mean, for me, it's all practice. Right. You know, for me, it's all practice. And right. I love connecting with people. So, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, whatever. But for them, it's like you're not going to get the results you want. Yeah. And and that's not rewarding for me either. Right. You know, I want you to get results. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's awesome. Um, well, anything else on your mind? What, what else you want to discuss with the world right now? Yeah. Um, I guess with what's going on, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been really just trying to be positive and grounded and really trying to recognize that there's always two sides of every story, mm-hmm. you know, and to not get caught up in the hype or the reaction to things. Right. Because I am seeing, um, you know, with the media, the media, you know, it, it, it evokes emotions in us and those emotions, you know, people are already outraged and people already are like, you know, uh, locked up and, and want to get out and and over this. Yeah. So it's, it's just trying to look and, and really, um, see that everyone is going through a tough time right now. Yeah. Really. Whether it looks like it on the outside or not, you know, you can never, especially with mental health, you really don't know what's going on. No, you never do. And, And it's, just being kind and recognizing that this person, even a person who's violent, you know, or a person who does harm mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, spiritually, what has gotten them to that place? Hurt people, hurt people. Exactly. Right. And, and I think that it really, I see things in that way mm-hmm. um, and see things as, okay, if this person hurt all of these people, what happened to him? Or her, mm-hmm. you know, and really um, seeing it from that perspective rather than just, you know, blame them. Right. You know, I'm, I'm trying to really uh, just not do that and just trying to be open minded and, yep. you know, provide light, you know, when there's so much dark. Yeah. Love and light. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a difficult time, a lot of uncertainty and a lot of emotions, yeah. you know, all over the place. Right. All emotions. Yeah. How how do you deal with uncertainty? Uh, well, it's <laughs> it's been a challenge for sure, like I said, yeah. uh earlier before we started, I just got this book from that Dr. Lou recommended by Pema Chodron. She's a Buddhist nun uh comfortable with uncertainty and just started reading it and it's just you know, it's, it's once again, that why is uncertainty happening? Because you're thinking about the future and, Oh, what's going to happen? What if, how do I do this? What all these, you know, questions and you just get in this, caught in this loop. Mm -hmm. And so it's about bringing yourself back, back to the present moment. I've been doing a meditation practice better than ever. That's one thing I'm really grateful for this time. I've been meditating every day, mostly twice a day. Nice. You know, very consistently, I got this little meditation cushion over here nice. that is really, uh, that helps a lot for sure. I've, you know, experienced 
really deep states of meditation through um, the 10 day meditation retreat that I did. That was awesome. And, you know, in that, I, I don't know if I've said before that it was like I had little glimpses of what a psychedelic is like, but I hadn't experienced yet. This was right when I moved back from California. And, you know, there's a lot of crossover between meditation and psychedelics. Like they show, they've done studies, fMRI studies of the brain of a long-term meditator and the brain of somebody on psilocybin. Same areas are activated. So it's like, hmm, yeah. interesting, you know? So I, I saw a lot of glimpses of like what it's like to be in that just you know no thoughts you're connected you're just i don't even (laughs) words are hard (laughs) yeah yeah well hold on how do you not have thoughts because i know right for a lot of people i'll talk to them and i'll tell them it's not about clearing your mind it's about like recognizing what those thoughts are right but i'm curious it's I, I recognize that I don't realize sometimes how advanced I am until I take it back and I'm like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, that it took me years to get to this. That's why they call it a practice, mm-hmm. meditation practice of I still have every day. I still do it and I still have thoughts most of the time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get in these glint like these glimpses of this, like I need just our being. You're not thinking, you're not doing anything. You're just, we're human beings, not human doings, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, 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 it's that noticing the thought and then going back to the breath, you know, and then, oh, there's another thought and then going back to the breath and over and over and over again, doing the meditation retreat. I'll have to say that's the first time I experienced that of, I thought I was meditating, but then I was like, okay, you're going to meditate 14 hours a day in silence, (laughs) no talking, no nothing, not even eye contact with people. (laughs) Amazing, you know? And on that, like the first couple days, you literally feel like I felt like I was losing my mind. Like I was going crazy. (laughs) Like, what did I do? What am I, why did I get into this? Like, and then after day three or four, it was like the most calm, like most of that time I didn't have thoughts. (laughs) After day three, four, it was just like, amazing i mean just i don't even know uh, the words to put to that but it's a similar experience you can experience with psychedelics i say that psychedelics force you to be in the present moment and that's why that can be uncomfortable for some people you know Mm -hmm. oh well here's a question for you what do you say to people that say oh i don't want to do a psychedelic i don't want to have a bad trip Mm, what what what's a bad trip to you yeah there is no bad trip there is no bad trip. You experience what you need in that moment. What you think is a bad trip is going to teach you something. Mm-hmm. So listen mm-hmm. and take notes. <laughs> Journaling. Great. That's another thing I would add to the list of yeah, practices. I definitely do that. Uh, not so much regularly because uh, I've been so busy with sure. so many things, yeah. but definitely with psychedelics. Uh, afterwards, uh, I have a whole psychedelic journal, and it's pretty cool to read you know, <laughs> all the things that have come to me. That's cool. I, I started, I was lucky enough to get the idea to, to start a journal of every time that I've taken a psychedelic, and I have that you know, written down what I did, how much, who I was with, what I did, Mm -hmm. my thoughts. So I'd highly recommend that to people if they're just getting started on this journey or just recently started, try to keep track of as much of it as you can. It's only going to help. 
And, I, and with, you know, people who are interested or have questions or, um, you know, just want guidance, I highly recommend seeking out someone who is a therapist or a guide or an integration coach because uh, they can help. They can help before and after. And like I said, the, the most healing uh, way to do it is making sure your set and setting is right. So talking to someone who knows what that is mm -hmm. rather than just doing it recreationally and like watching TV and, right. you know, or just being at a party right. uh, is life-changing in, in a really positive way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's nice to have someone to support you in that. You know, I've had that. And in this program, you know, I, I'm meeting all these other people who are also that for me too, mm -hmm. which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's been cool at my offices. You know, I've had people reach out and say, hey, I'm going to do a ketamine a series. Uh, I'd like to talk to you before and after. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And we get, we have some deep conversations about what they've experienced. Uh, and, and it's, it's really great and profound for them to recognize and talk about it after. That's great. Yeah, no, I love to hear that because ketamine, I don't know as much about, I know it's been used in anesthesia for a while, mm -hmm. um, but it, it, you know, I don't have any personal experience with it. I've heard a lot of great things from people and they've, a lot of these ketamine centers popping up for uh, depression and I know even chronic pain it's used for. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the, the problem I've had with some of those centers is it's just, here's your infusion. Okay, go home now. And it's like yeah. that that can help, but it's like how long is that going to last? You know, that's more of like a biochemical, physiological effect versus pairing it with therapy, where you can really kind of yeah, you know, because you can have lots of profound you know experiences and awesome healing moments with a psychedelic without the therapy, but it really magnifies and becomes that therapeutic you know intention, healing intentions, if you might, of my podcast. <laughs> Uh, Perfect. That uh, that really can come out, you know. Yeah. At that, when you want, it's all about those combinations, you know. Like that's I was talking to you earlier, the Stamets stack of psilocybin, lion's mane, and niacin. niacin all together that people use for like the more cognitive boosting effect, because yeah. the niacin kind of helps inhibit the psychedelic effect. Because in that microdosing type of thing, you're not looking for the psychedelic effect. You want just the more like. You know, those studies they show of the MRIs of like the brain connectivity. Yeah. When your brain normally and then on psilocybin, it's like all the parts are connecting and talking right. to each other. And Neurogenesis is happening, right. which is regrowing your brain. You know, the, the neurons in your brain literally um, can reconnect when uh, you're on psilocybin. Yeah. And these connections and network now are going to be able to help you think better and help you prevent from having dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. So it's not yeah. just, you know, healing trauma, right. but it's actually helping your brain evolve so that way you become smarter and <laughs> can think more clearly. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, one analogy I heard that I really liked about psychedelics was, you know, your thought patterns are like ingrained, like, you know, going down a ski slope and it's like, you know, over and over again, the same path, the same thing you think loops those patterns and psychedelics are like a fresh snow hmm. and it's like oh you can do a new track now you know you don't it doesn't do it for you it's not like gonna do it all for you but it allows you to kind of just okay a nice reset button yeah you know, shake the snow globe as i've heard one person say too yeah so i think they're really powerful tools for that purpose and 
Yeah. I think even right now, I think mental health is the beginning and how that's how we get into this. Mm-hmm. I think it's way beyond mental health even too, that this is going to go like healing all kinds of illness. Yeah. <laughs> because as we know, what's the root cause of a lot of our uh, physical issues? Oftentimes it's mental, mental health, mental, emotional. Yeah. And so how do you get to that? Many different ways. Psychedelics is one of them. So you fix the mental, emotional and fix the physical and the spiritual and <laughs> you're doing well. And you have wholeness. Wholeness. Exactly. Wholeness. That's where holistic comes from. We're looking at the whole picture. Right. Right. And I'm pretty excited to really work this type of medicine in end of life care. Mm. Uh, I really see that in palliative care, they've done some tremendous work with psilocybin and how uh, psilocybin helps uh, patients who've been diagnosed with cancer, who only have a month, three months left to live, who Mm. are scared and hopeless. And when they do an experience like this, it's like freeing. You know, they they feel hopeful. They're excited to actually pass. (laughs) I mean, it, it... isn't that it's beautiful? something yeah it is and i think uh, dying is a taboo subject that mm-hmm. no one really talks about mm-hmm. and people are so scared of but if you did some psilocybin you might not be that scared of it for sure all about taboo subjects here yeah death <laughs> cannabis psychedelics yeah. uh sex is another one yeah that's another a huge part of our health it, and how it often is. is it not talked about? I completely agree. And that's something that I've been really diving into with patients and asking them, you know, I'll say, I want to talk a little bit about something personal. I, you know, I understand if doctors haven't asked you about this before, mm. but are you orgasming regularly? Wow. Do you know how to even give yourself that? Mm. And a lot of patients will say, well, no. Mm. I actually haven't done that in a long time mm. or I don't know how to do that. Mm. And I'll say, well, how's your relationship with your partner? Eh, it's okay. Well, do they know how to do that to you? No. Mm. Well, if you learned how to do that to you, you could teach them and now your relationship's going to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. And now your mental health is going to be a lot better and you're totally. going to feel more confident. You're going to reduce inflammation. You're going to reduce blood pressure. I mean, the physiological effects of having an orgasm weekly i mean uh, research shows it should be done at least twice a week for women wow and so women who are not doing that you know they are bottling up these feelings and they don't even understand um that that can be an outlet for them and Mm. that it can have benefits like exercise that's fascinating because guys don't have issues orgasming obviously that's very simple and for some guys that can even be a problem of too early premature Right. Or ejaculation, orgasm, you know. So it's interesting that, and with Chinese medicine, males have a limited amount of that sexual essence in their, you know, jing energy. And if you take out too much of that, if you're overly sexual, that can be not good either. Right, it depletes you. Right. And, and one thing I definitely want to piggyback with that is why do guys know how to give themselves an orgasm? And how do they know how to please themselves and women don't Mm. this is a huge thing i think i want to write a book on it do it yes (laughs) because you know it's affected my life and so many other women's life that i know that they were never taught how to pleasure themselves and when you look at movies and Mm -hmm. you look at all the different you know mediums no one is ever portraying a woman having pleasure Mm. in the right way right you know in the clitoral way 
Right. So, of course, so many women are not going to know how to orgasm or orgasm regularly. And if their energy is stagnated there and there's no energy flow, this is not going to make a happy woman. Yeah. And or a happy relationship with mm-hmm. that woman. And they don't even know that that's actually a root cause to some of whatever might be going on. Wow, totally. And and have you heard of the uh, sex therapist, Kim Anami? I have. She's she's pretty cool. I, I like her uh, stuff. She has a podcast too and Instagram and she has a lot of good content. But I'll have to check her out. She talks more. about, a, a, you know, pretty vulgar, but a well-fucked woman is a big part of being a healthy, vital, you know, and a lot of women just aren't that. And you talk about clitoral orgasm. I, read, I just read this book, The Enlightened Sex Manual by David Dieta. And he talks about women have three different types of orgasms, actually, clitoral, vaginal, and uh, cervical. Mm-hmm. And cervical, most women have never even experienced. Right. That's like the deeper, like it takes a lot longer. Fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like a spiritual experience. Sex can, can and I think should be a spiritual experience. It should be. And it should be therapeutic and healing and fun. And for some women, it's, you know, I, I was just talking to a couple I actually I'm seeing the the husband and the wife mm. and both are talking to me different, you know, about different issues that they're dealing with. Uh, and, you know, the husband thinks the wife is not happy with him and is not, you know, not feeling who they are as a team. And I'm telling him, well, maybe you're just not doing it right. And mm. maybe she's nervous mm. and maybe you're not approaching it right. And he's like, I never thought about that. You know, he's like, she always giggles. And I'm like, well, maybe she's nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she is, you know, not comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. So how can you help her with that? But really it starts with her, you know, and me helping her recognize that you're not comfortable in your own skin and he can tell. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't turn him on. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 that's a whole other um, field of medicine that yeah. I, I appreciate and respect. And I'm definitely uh, learning more about mm-hmm. because uh, I have so many men and women um, who have these issues. It's, I think it's common and it's not talked about and it's so important. So it should be, you know, back to the taboo. Mm-hmm. And how beautiful that all these topics really are linked how are you going to have good sex when your mental health is not there right. or your physical health is lacking? Obviously, physically, you could have issues, right? You know, vaginal dryness in women, erectile dysfunction in men. Yeah. Super common. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that comes with vitamin deficiencies. There you go. <laughs> and so what I was going to say is these beautiful tools of cannabis and many forms, psychedelics can help with that as well. Like they go so oh, beautifully together. They really do. I, I was talking to one couple and I was telling them they drink a lot. Mm. And I was telling them how alcohol is going to dehydrate her mm-hmm. and alcohol is going to, you know, not get him hard. Yeah. And uh, they were blown away that it could possibly do that. And I yeah. said, would you be interested in switching to edibles? Mm-hmm. And they both were like, ah, okay, we're interested. You know, we'll try it. And they both quit drinking uh-huh. and they've switched to edibles. And they said it's really enhanced their sex life. Love it. You know, and here's my surprise face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <You> know? <laughs> come on. Yeah. These things are 
powerful things um, when done in the right way. Right. You know, and also when a practitioner or a doctor or a coach or um, someone that you go to asks the right questions. Yep. Because I think that's the most important thing is are you asking questions that matter? Mm-hmm. You know, are you asking a patient, are you sad? Like, are you really happy with your relationship? You know, what's bothering you? Mm. Like, what does he do that really frustrates you? Mm. You know, and some women are like, no one's ever asked me that. I'm like, well. <laughs> and? And? <laughs> and then they'll start talking. And, you know, I'm like, how does it feel? And they're like, oh, it feels great to let this out. You know, it feels so good to just express this because I haven't been able to talk to him. And I'm like, well, why not? Mm. Well, you know, kids and schedule and life and all these things. I said, well, maybe it's time to schedule some time to talk, there you, you go. know, and hang out uh-huh. and, and become friends again. Start that, there. That being, you right. know, those being practices. Right. Now that's beautiful. And it always reminds me of the quote, a healer does not heal you. A healer holds space for you while you awaken your inner healer. Yeah. And it, that's what you were doing for that lady right there. You know, you're right. asking the right questions thinking of like, Oh, you know, you didn't yeah. necessarily do anything or give it, you know, it's no. like, Hey, no. Realize you have it within yourself. Yeah. And I tell people that pretty much on the daily, I'm not doing anything. You know, it's uh, it's God's work or spirit's mm-hmm. work or mm-hmm. whatever it is that you want to call it. Yeah. The vital force. It, the, universe, the vital force. Whatever. Yeah. You know, it, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just teaching you how to activate it and get in touch with it. It's already there. Mm-hmm. You have everything that you need. Right. You just don't realize that. And most people don't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up not realizing it and thinking I'm not enough and all these other issues. So mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. You know. For sure. No, that's uh, we could have a whole podcast topic. I feel like on that alone. <laughs> um, so okay. Well, any any other last thoughts? Anything else you want to you Just know parting words? Thanks so much for you know having me on. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it and. You know, obviously anyone who wants to contact me, they can go to my website. Yeah, where can they find you? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, drfelty.com. My handle is drfelty. They can also email me if they have any questions, info at drfelty.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right.